0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening and good night to my lovely weebs, dweebs, dogs, nerds, chads and everyone in between, Majors, corchesters, orcs, fairies, witches. Mm, accountants whoever might be listening tonight we're going to be doing a oh. oops what did i do please hold okay well let's busted it up here guys One sec anyway we're going to be doing a attachments uh, style quiz which I think I will leave that to who uh, has the test because I'm sure that they'll explain it. So this website and the quiz is done by uh, Dr. Diane Paul-Hellis. It um, says, When completing this questionnaire, Please focus on one significant relationship, ideally a current or past partner, as the focus here is on adult relationships. This does not necessarily need to be a romantic relationship, but must be individual with whom you feel the connection, the most connection. Who is your primary go-to person if you're sick, in trouble, want to celebrate and call with news, etc. The questionnaire is designed to be an interactive learning tool. Please highlight, circle or comment on any statements that are particularly relevant to you or that you'd like to revisit for exploration at a later time. When responding, consider how strongly you identify with each statement. Disagree, mostly agree or strongly agree. Using the scale below, respond in the space provided. Okay, so it doesn't actually tell you what attachment style is, but, um, once I get my results, uh, I think it probably will, but in general, what I know is that there is a, uh, anxious attachment type, a avoidant attachment type, you can also have anxious avoidant, um, and there is uh, state um, what do you call it mm. <sighs> mm. it's a bit ironic that I've forgotten the name for the healthy one but it's basically sort of disorganised um, attachment type and there's like it starts with an S, I literally can't think of it right now, but we'll just call it stable. Oh, <laughs> uh, Okay, so what I'm going to do is I'll answer this for myself, um, but I'm not going to tell you the answer that I'm putting, so if you want to do this yourself, um, you can go to dianepoolhalla.com Says she's a somatic attachment and trauma expert. So it's D I A N E P O -O L E H E L L L E R dot com forward slash attachment hyphen test. Okay, so I chronically second guess myself and sometimes wish I had said something differently. Rarely, sometimes, or usually, and often. I want to be close with my partner, but feel angry at my partner at the same time. I insist on self-reliance. I do many of life's tasks or my hobbies alone, and I have difficulty reaching out when I need help. When I reach a certain level of intimacy with my partner, I sometimes experience inexplicable fear. I struggle to feel safe with my partner. I look at my partner with kindness and caring and look forward to our time together. I find myself minimising the importance of close relationships in my life. I often tend to merge or lose myself in my partner and feel what they feel or want what they want. My instinctive self-protective responses are often unavailable when possible danger is present, leaving me feeling immobilised, disconnected or gone. I'm not sure about that one. Um, I attempt to maintain safety in our relationship and actively protect my partner from others and from harm. I'm just going to change this song because I feel like it's a bit distracting. When presented with problems, I often feel stumped and feel that they are irresolvable. When I lose a relationship, at first I tend to experience separation, elation, and then become depressed. I attempt to discover and meet the needs of my partner whenever possible. I feel like my partner is always there, but I would often prefer to have my own space unless I invite the connection. I have an exaggerated startle response when others approach me unexpectedly. I can keep secrets, protect my partner's privacy, and respect boundaries. When I give more often... Th- Sorry. When I give more than I get, I often become resentful and all harbour a grudge. Sometimes I prefer casual... Sometimes I prefer casual sex over a committed relationship. I find it easy to flow between being close and connected with my partner and being on my own. It is difficult for me to say no or to set realistic boundaries. After anxiously awaiting my partner's arrival, I end up picking up fights. I have a hard time remembering and discussing the feelings related to my past attachment situations. When I try, I disconnect, disassociate or get confused. Protection often feels out of reach. I tend to lose myself in relationships because I tend to overfocus on others. I often expect the worst to happen in my relationship. It is difficult for me to be alone, if alone I feel stressed, abandoned and hurt and or angry. If my partner and I hit a glitch, it's relatively easy for me to apologise and brainstorm a win-win solution and or repair the misattunement or disharmony. I tend to prefer the relationship with things or animals instead of people. It is important for my partner to keep arrangements simple and clear because I'm easily confused or disorientated, especially when stressed. I sometimes feel superior in not needing others, and I wish others were more self-sufficient. I feel comfortable expressing my own needs. I feel inexplicable stressed when my partner arrives home approaches me, especially when he or she wants to connect. It is often difficult to receive love from my partner when they express it. I'm always yearning for something or someone that I feel I cannot have. My partner often comments or complains that I'm controlling. I rarely feel satisfied with the relationships and connections that I have with partners. In an attempt to stabilise connection, I sometimes off over-function, over-adapt, over-accommodate, or over-apologise for things I didn't do. At the same time as I feel a deep wish to be close with my partner, I also have a paralysing fear of losing the relationship. I feel that people are essentially good at heart. I feel relaxed with my partner most of the time. Keeping agreements with my partner is a priority. I want closeness, but I'm also afraid of the one I desire to be close with. I get stuck in approach avoidance patterns with my partner. Hmm. It's easier for me to think things through than to express myself emotionally. I often find eye contact uncomfortable and or particularly difficult to maintain. I am comfortable being affectionate with my partner. And of course, I have to email my results so that I can send you a that was the word I was looking for this is really cool so I've never done this exact test before but I've done other ones and it's probably been at least a year maybe maybe two since I've done one and it's actually gotten uh, better so my well, kind of better. <laughs> my leading one is Ambivalent or Anxious, which is what it was last time. But, um, so I got a 16 for that. But my next closest one is Secure Attachment Type, and that's only one point difference. So on the pie chart, it says 32.7% Ambivalent or Anxious and 30% um, secure so that's really cool that that's improved and then it's got 26.5% disorganized and 10% avoidant dismissive so it so says secure attachment But, you know, what's interesting, though, is... uh, Oh, okay. No, never mind. Um, Okay, so now I'll tell you a little bit about the attachment types. Secure is basically, obviously, the the ideal one. It's if you've had a really healthy childhood, healthy upbringing, um, you haven't experienced much trauma, and you've learnt to have yeah, well, all of that, um, then you'll most likely have this one. Well. So, secure attachment is the ideal attachment style needed to enjoy healthy boundaries, fluidity of intimacy and individuation and social engagement. This is developed by the child having caregivers who are positively attuned to the child, provides a safe haven with consistency, and good enough care, attention, and affection. Children who experience this type of holding environment grow to feel safe to explore the world, interact with others with trust, and to have emotional resilience and regulation. As adults, they will tend to have greater confidence, better balance and choices in relationships, and the ability to both give and receive love. So, um, just as a note, Um, you can change your attachment style or improve it or it can also get worse so you could have a secure attachment style and then have say you know a really abusive relationship that's gonna have a negative effect on your attachment style or you could have a anxious attachment style or an avoidant attachment style and then through therapy and self-discovery you can improve that as well. So then we've got the avoidant attachment style. In the avoidant attachment style, caregivers emotionally unavailable, insensitive, and even hostile responses to a child's need for affection, sorry, need for connection, forms a coping strategy of disconnection in a child. Avoidantly attached people commonly find their greatest struggle to be a lack of emotion. Without intimate nurturance the limbic system is neurologically starved and does not receive the signals required for building social responses, Um, nor the frontal brain stimulation that develops bonding. This disconnection extends first to the parents, and then to all other relationships. Some of our cultural models extol the virtues of this self-reliant lone wolf behaviour, think X-Men Wolverine or the quintessential. Desperado cowboy icon, actually living with such a lack of emotional attunement can be increasingly isolated. When working with avoidant attachment, the intrepid task of the therapist is to nurture a transition to a fully embodied and participatory existence by creating a welcoming and contactful experience full of compassion. Permission for existence. Dare provide resources for ways avoidance can cross the tenuous bridge to emotional connection. So basically, from like what I get from that is that they have to detach in order to survive. Because if they continue to crave something that they're not getting from their caretakers, then that's going to be emotionally damaging to them. Then we've got ambivalent, which I hadn't actually heard of before, so that's cool. Ambivalently attached people have had caregivers who were on again, off again, inconsistently tending and attuning to their child. Because of the lack of consistency, the child doubts whether their needs will be met, and is on the constant lookout for cues and clues to how their behaviour may or may not influence the parents' responses. Over time, they find themselves at an emotional seesaw of needs being met and not being met. Their objection relation is, I can want but cannot have. Okay, so that would make sense for people who find themselves uh, being drawn to people who are unavailable. And also, um, I'm assuming maybe when they are in secure relationships, they feel like they're always waiting for the penny to drop. So maybe there's some um, possibility for self-sabotage there. Um, you may also observe that in ambivalent attachment styles, there is a tendency to be chronically dissatisfied. First, there is a tendency to project their own familiar history onto their relationship. Secondly, if the other person becomes available, they then become unavailable. Unaccustomed to receiving love, having it available doesn't fit their profile of still wanting. Over time, partners of ambivalent people can become discouraged by their love, being dismissed, and the loss of the relationship can be both the feared... And created outcome. And finally, I think finally we've got disorganized attachment. A disorganised attachment star results when caregivers present present double blinding double binding messages to their children. This is sometimes called a paradoxal injunction. An example of this is come here, go away, come here, go away message. Parents create situations for the child that are unsolvable and unwinnable. For example, a parent may ask a child to do a task such as sweep the floor. When the child begins to do so, the parent criticizes how it is being done, or even when it is being done. The child may attempt to do the task again, taking direction, but is criticized again. The parent may then deride the child for not doing What the parent has asked them to do and punish them for not doing the job. When exposed to these impossible to resolve situations over and over again, the child develops a pattern of not solving problems. When parents set up these interactions that are frightening, disorientating, inherently disorganizing, and which sometimes involve violence, the parents can become the source of fear. The disorganized pattern arises in the child when there is a desire to be close to the parent as an object of safety, conflicting with a drive to detach from a dangerous and confusing caregiver. For the adult, this may mean being held emotionally hostage by the conflict of the desire for intimacy as well as the fear of it. Wow, yeah, so even though disorganized sounds like a pretty chill word, it actually seems like quite problematic. So, yeah, if you want to hear about how fucked up you are uh, or how healthy you are, I would advise taking that test. And there's heaps of information out there on attachment styles as well, if that's something that interests you. Um, Other than that, hopefully that's helped you get a little bit sleepier. Mm, I hope you're all rugged up in your blanket. Maybe if you're someone that has a happy place or a happy thought or a happy person. You can think about that while you start getting a little bit sleepy. And if you can't sleep or you wake up later, you can just turn this on again if you need some company, okay? Thank you for hanging out, and I'll speak to you next.